Hey friends, it's Kelsey Kemp, here to inspire and guide you as you answer the call. Tune in each week to hear me illuminate the biblical truth of what a calling actually is and how to find yours so you could create a career worthy of hearing, well done, good and faithful servant. You won't just be hearing from me though. Some of the most incredible and purposeful people I know will be joining me to tell you their story of how God called them into careers that honor who they were made to be. So their work is now creating generations of ripple effects for the glory of God. Y'all ready? Okay, let's go. Hey guys, uh, this is a bit different of a tone that I'm coming at this podcast recording for just because I'm doing this with a heavy heart. I have over the last week or so been convicted of a lot of half-truths that I have not only espoused or believed for myself, but also spread. And I'm going to get a lot more into this uh, in future episodes uh, coming very soon, because I I really do want to speak the truth and correct this quickly. But there's broader topics that I'll be speaking to soon. But I I do want to address one um, that I posted about on Instagram today. If you uh, haven't seen it, you could go check it out. My handle is Kelsey underscore the called career. I'll be speaking about that more today. So here's one little half truth. It's not really little because it had far and wide implications in my life. Um, (laughs) I used to always say to, I mean, if you haven't heard me say this on the podcast, you've probably heard me say it on Instagram, or you've probably heard me say something like this if you're in my live class here in Austin or, you know, Trust me, you've had plenty of opportunity to hear me say this because I, I would always be um, kind of preaching this message of God appointed you to live at this time in history so you could fulfill a specific mission. And that that's actually partly true. <laughs> and I will get into the verse of where one of the verses that I developed that belief from. And I do believe that that is true, but we have to bring balance to that belief and balance to how we're meant to think of ourselves in relation to God and our purpose here. And I also really, here's the whole point of me recording this podcast, I really need to expose and ask forgiveness and try to correct the just really sinful motive that I had behind saying that. So, and it's just so funny because this is so central to me really being obsessed with this topic of a calling and helping you find yours. Um, I I did, I think, have many redeemable intents of where I'm coming from, but it's been just <laughs> revealed to me that here was my my intent in in bolstering myself so much. It was to bolster my pride and my purpose here on earth and to really bolster my self-esteem as some kind of agent for God. And where that, I think, could be fairly said, 
that we are ambassadors for the Lord. My motive was more to uh, bolster my self-esteem and my pride and my position and purpose here on the earth rather than to purely point it back to the Lord that a calling is completely from God for God. It is not for my own pride. So Here's the the passage that I really started to develop that belief from that God appointed us to this time in history for a specific mission. And then I took it away with that impure motive. But I'll read Ephesians 2 verse 10. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Beautiful, right? I love <laughs> I love that verse because I just think it's so amazing. All the thoughts that the Lord had about us and for us before we were even born and that he set out good works for us to do. I love that. I love being a person on a mission. And so I found that so empowering. But I'll talk more. Uh, and you've heard me say already how I, I got kind of carried away with that view. But Here's what I want to talk about. It's not the whole picture. <laughs> it is not the whole picture because it, it, whenever I only isolated that verse and just constantly dwelled on the excitement that um, I have this specific mission in the world to be an ambassador for God in a, in a certain way, I realized that my primary motivation was to encourage myself and also encourage other people to glean glory pride and personal happiness from esteeming themselves so highly. And my history of where I really started to develop that belief in that stance, I should say, it came from something that Kirsten and I used to really vehemently dislike, which is what we would call um, seeing other people espouse what we called, we're just all little bags of dirt theology. Like we're just little scumbags worth nothing, such sinners. And we didn't like that because we felt that people were placing their whole identity in being a sinner instead of seeing the redeemable incredible identity that we have in Christ Jesus that, and this is what I would fire back at them with. I would say, what about the fact that we are co-heirs with Christ? What? Like, what, what do you say to that? And like, we are children of the most high God. Because what I was trying to fight was that I saw that taking on a whole identity filled with being a scumbag that's worth nothing and that needs a savior. And that's true. <laughs> um, once again, a theme in this whole podcast episode is bringing balance to all of these views and seeing the context in which these verses sit. But we thought that the little bags of dirt theology, as we called it, led to a life of being all kind of doom and gloom. And ultimately, we thought that led to a life of being so disempowered that you wouldn't feel like you needed or wanted to do anything meaningful with it. And so that's where I was really fighting back from. I was like, nope, I am an esteemed like child of God. I have a mission on this earth to, I guess, be an ambassador for God, which that's great. 
I'll talk more about that. But balance, y'all, balance. <laughs> because I overemphasize that to bolster my pride, all the while ignoring the fact that the Bible also does say, indeed, I am a sinner worthy of the punishment of death without any hope of ever being perfect or righteous enough to earn my spot in heaven and be worthy of the perfection of heaven without accepting Jesus's payment for my sins, because he's the only one that could pay, pay my ransom and redeem me and forgive my sins. He's the only one with the power to do that and to bring me and wash me clean so I could commune with God again and have an eternal future of communion with God in heaven. And I, I just was ignoring that fact, or I, I would think about it, of course, but I guess not, of course, but I would think about it, but I was really overemphasizing esteeming myself and bolstering my pride rather than really truly accepting the true message of the gospel that I have to accept in, in order to have an eternal life with the Lord. I have to accept Jesus's payment for my sins and that he is the only the way, the truth, and the life. And by grace through faith, I can accept his forgiveness or I could ask for it and accept his forgiveness for my sins. And so here is my my charge to you all um, is to not just take individual verses or concepts out of context. I would really encourage you to always take the first step of reading the whole chapter at least <laughs> of where that verse sits. Because if I just did that in Ephesians uh, 2 verse 10, that would have helped me a lot. So that's what I'm going to do right now. I'm going to read the whole chapter of Ephesians chapter 2. So it says, as for you, and this is the um, NIV, New International Version, by the way, but I also like New King James Version. I don't know, holler, grew up on that either way. But as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you were following the ways of the world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air. That's uh, Satan, by the way. Uh, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. By nature deserving of wrath. Let me repeat that. <laughs> but because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raises us up with Christ. See, oh, sorry, like, it's, I just feel so cut to the heart with the truth. Sorry, it's like really dramatic to be crying on a podcast episode, but I just realized that my little message for you guys today, I shouldn't even like save this for later for other episodes like I mentioned. The whole root of all of this is that I was accepting a gospel that was false. I was accepting the abundance and the new age mindset that basically I can manifest whatever I want and I am like such a self-righteous, esteemed spiritual being that I can 
in a sense, have my own savior complex instead of saying, no, Jesus did not die. He did not die so that I could have all the wealth and the happiness that I want and all the purpose that I want. He died to save me. And um, I think it says in 2 Timothy chapter 3, I don't remember the verse, but it says that all people who are truly trying to live a godly life or who are truly living a godly life will experience persecution. That's the opposite of the prosperity gospel, you guys. And so that's why that's why my voice is cracking and I'm trying not to be super awkward and cry on this podcast, but it's happening because lately I just realized that I was really espousing the prosperity gospel that does not save. And that really grieves me. So anyways, back to our regularly scheduled programming. How about we get back to reading Ephesians chapter 2? Sorry, y'all. Not sorry, slash, like, thank you, Jesus, for convicting me of that and giving me um, the ability to podcast and share that. Oh, gosh. Yeah. So anyways. So I'm going to start back in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages, he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. You are not your own savior. It is the gift of God. It is Jesus Christ who is our savior. Verse nine, that we are saved not by works so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. And the chapter goes on. I guess I should stop there because that's kind of the first section of this topic of ending in the fact that we are created in Christ Jesus to do good works prepared in advance for us to do. And you you can see that topic of where I was coming from initially woven throughout this chapter, that God did raise us up with Christ, seated with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, that we might show in the coming ages the incomparable riches of his grace. That's extraordinarily purposeful, extraordinarily exciting. And That's incredible that the Lord would give us such a purpose. But guess what else is woven throughout this chapter in balance with that so that we might not boast. It says so that we realize that it is not, we are not saved by works so that no one can boast as I was essentially. Um, So I wanted to read that context for you guys And it is just my genuine hope that in every single thing that I do, that I would be tying it back to the gospel message that saves, because that is literally all that matters. I think that uh, the topic of finding your 
individual calling is also extraordinarily important. It's extraordinarily biblical, and I desire and seek to live my life in accordance with all of the scriptures, and that's what I'm trying to do, but I don't want to isolate that topic outside of the gospel and not put it in its proper context and its proper due. So my lesson to you guys is be careful of the half-truths. And I'm so, so sorry that I was telling one and encouraging you in any way. And you might not feel this. That That's fine. That's great. <laughs> I mean, I would hope that I wasn't just outright like a cult-leading blasphemer. But I know the heart that I had behind those things now. And I do need to repent of that. And I, it is not my intent to ever go forth for the rest of my life and encourage independence, pride and happiness and fulfillment and purpose outside of Jesus Christ. Because it was never God's intent to make us feel like a God. Never. It was his intent to assign us to our stations in life so that by his grace, we would know him. Because he does not need us. He does not need us. We need him. And this is the passage that I got that from. And it really spurred me on in sharing this message today because this just cut me to the heart. Listen to this. Acts chapter 17, verse 24 through 28. The God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples built by human hands. And he is not served by human hands as if he needed anything. Rather, he himself gives everyone life and breath and everything else. From one man, he made all nations that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out to him and find him, though he is not far from any one of us, for in him we live and move and have our being. Isn't that incredible? Did y'all catch that? Straight up, it does, I guess, prop up or back up the fact, my initial statement that God, he predestined us to specific places and missions and he predestined us and designed us for a specific time in history to serve him in a certain way. That is supported through this, but guess what the intent is? Let me read it again. From one man, he made all the nations. This is verse 26, by the way. From one man, he made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. He set out everything. Like he knew and appointed me to a specific time that I would be born in history. And he set out my lands and he knew where I would live and he knew what I would do. And he predestined me for good works in Christ Jesus. But verse 27, here's the kicker. God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from any one of us. He did all of that in his great faithfulness and mercy and goodness, so that I would know him and help others to know him. That's our whole end. That is our whole goal, our whole purpose, that we would know him and that we would share the good news with others to help them also know Christ Jesus. Because he intended everything in our lives 
to get to the point where we realize that Jesus alone is our savior. He is, we are not our own saviors. So to tie this all back to the topic of a calling, because you know, that's my whole, that's my whole deal. (laughs) Um, One, I wanted to say that remember the most important thing God is calling you to is faith and hope in him. And then to share that hope with others by discipling others to grow in the faith. That's not just sharing the good news, by the way, (laughs) y'all. It is discipling others, meeting with them, studying them with, uh, studying the Bible with them one-on-one, contending for your own faith and the faith of others, spurring everyone on in love for Christ Jesus. So <laughs> that, that is our number one call that we must answer. God is always calling us to know him. Just like it said uh, in that passage in Acts that I read, that Everything is intended for the purpose of helping us to know God. And then point two of how this is significant to the topic of a calling. Any unique calling God places on your life, telling you to go either here or there or to complete a certain mission is for his glory, not yours. And by the way, remember that it said, I'm going to scroll back up to it. Verse 25 in Acts chapter 17 He is not served by human hands as if he needed anything. Rather, he gives everyone life and breath and everything else. God is the giver of all good things. He does not need me. He does not need my mission to be completed. It is all for his glory and he is all powerful. He does not need my human hands to serve him, but he has given me purpose on this earth so that I I would know him and encourage others to know him. But remember, it's for his glory and not mine. That's that's a unique calling. It's for his glory and not yours. And then my third point is that a calling is service. It is not self-righteousness. So anytime you're thinking of, I want to know what my unique calling is in life, because doesn't that sound grand? And it is. And there's so much purpose in that. And there's so, there's such a reason why I feel called to spread this message, but it is for serving. God and serving others so that we would know and love God more through the serving. Not that God needs it, but it's for our hearts because he's always looking out for us. It is your, but my calling is not, and your calling is not to bolster my own or your own sense of self righteousness and pride because all that matters in the end is that we believe and genuinely follow Christ Christ Jesus and encourage others to do the same. I think I have made all my points. Maybe I repeated a couple of them. Maybe I wove back and forth. I hope that this was so impactful to you guys as it was for me to realize I was genuinely so cut to the heart as it says in Acts chapter 2 whenever I think it was Peter was speaking to people and sharing the gospel message, and it says that they were cut to the heart. Well, you guys, I have been cut to the heart recently that I was not espousing the true message. I I was in part, but a half gospel is not a gospel that saves. A picture of Jesus that is a half truth does not save. Remember, Jesus died for your sins so that you may have everlasting life, John 3, 16. And I just read 
all of the Bible. It all points to Jesus. It all does. And I hope that that's what I'm doing in all of my work and all of my days. And I hope that the pursuit of finding your individual calling is preceded by you answering your first calling, which is your first calling to faith and a life of faith and encouraging other people to faith in Christ Jesus. So I should just say amen and I'm going to shut up, but please let me know what you think. And you can reach out to me on Instagram at Kelsey underscore the called career. That'll be linked in the show notes. I could keep on babbling forever, so I'll just cut it off there. Adios. Adios.